Good morning, everybody. I hope uh, you're all able to survive your after Thanksgiving sales and your wonderful time celebrating with your maybe family and friends and giving thanks and eating lots of turkey. Anybody have too much turkey? I like switch turkey for ham, so I like a lot of ham. Then you're really thirsty afterwards. So anyways... (laughs) So now with Thanksgiving behind us, we now enter into a new season, and it is this season in the church of what we call Advent. And Ben, Kevin, and I, a couple weeks ago, as things were just happening one thing after another, and we're like, we need to sit down and figure out what we're going to be doing in this Advent series. And so we kind of started tossing around ideas. The first one, we came up with, like, let's call it a season of hope and joy, which it is. And they're like, no, no, no. And then we, and another one we thought of, let's call it the season when silence becomes seen. Ooh, that's good. You know? <laughs> and so we're going, and then we said this, we said, how about this? And we, we really felt like we landed on it. An Advent, a season of waiting. And as soon as we said it, all three of us, when we heard it out loud, we started dying laughing. Really, because if there are three people... And perhaps you're feeling it too. This season has sure felt long <laughs> of waiting. You might get it or not. We're just talking about our waiting on our pastor. So, um, so, so for us, we really connected to that. And so we said, that is what we're doing. But I think it, it was not only is it something that we have been in, but it's something that I have learned and we have all learned as God has been, as a season of waiting, um, what he's doing within our lives. And so we invite you to journey with us over the next four weeks in this Advent season season, as we're going to look at these specific topics. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek into these next four weeks. And so today we're going to hear about how God works um, while we wait. And in week two, we're going to hear about when we wait on God, we don't miss anything. Uh, Week three, the topic is going to be God is with us, Emmanuel, as we heard here this morning. In week four, the final message is who you become while you wait, and how do you respond in that waiting? And so with that, it's going to be a great series, and we're really excited about it. And so the word Advent means arrival. It means also like a sense of anticipation, a sense of expectation. And so it's referring to the arrival of Jesus Christ. It's God's greatest gift to the world. And so as we know it, one night in a manger, a Savior was born. So we have a question for you. What is the longest you had to wait for something? Maybe your answer is, I had to wait a year or years, or I had to wait a month, or I had to wait a week. Did you know that as we're talking about Christmas and this whole arrival and waiting, that there was 400 years of silence that spanned the gap between the final prophecies, prophecy that was spoken from the prophet um, Malachi until the birth of Christ. And so that is a long time of waiting. 400 years they waited. And we read this in the book of Galatians in chapter 4, verse 4 through 5. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Even in the silence, God is there. He is always there, 
He was there in those 400 years. He's there with you. And he's always there working beneath the surface. And so I asked you a question of how long have you waited for something? Maybe another question I might ask you is, what are you waiting for today? Perhaps you're waiting on a breakthrough in your life, or you might be waiting on a relationship that needs to be healed, or you're maybe waiting for a job. Maybe you're waiting for finances that I just want to stop having to scrape by just some extra cash here and there or maybe you're waiting on sobriety or maybe you're like me and you're waiting just for your child to come home (laughs) and so and from where you are sitting here this morning you are thinking yes I have been waiting and nothing really seems to be happening You maybe even kind of feel like unheard or you have this sense, and it might not be for all of you, but maybe some of you might even have a sense of abandonment by God, almost wondering if your prayers are just hitting the ceiling and bouncing back. Everybody, anybody have that feeling? I I do sometimes. And sometimes when we pray long and hard about a situation in our life without receiving any answers, we just kind of learn to live with it, Right? And we go on about our business, whatever our business is, and maybe our busyness, wondering if or when God will send the answer. But God does hear those prayers. And he's working out those answers. And he's working in us. Here it is, right? He's working in us, even though we might not know all the details. You see, one thing is for certain. Before God moves suddenly, we often will wait. Waiting for answers is just a fact of life. Nobody, there's not one person who gets out of it. One person's like, no, I've never had to wait for anything. I don't even know what you're talking about here this morning, Kate. (laughs) It's a reality of the world that we live in. And so the question is, is not how, is not if we'll wait, but rather how we'll wait. And Simon Peter talks about this in God, he talks about God's timing in 2 Peter 3 through 8, or chapter 3, verse 8, when he says this, But don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. I was like, wow, that pretty much sums it up. Because his timing is not our timing. And so it comes, really, it comes down to these two options. I I like options. Everybody like options? Okay, give me a couple. (laughs) And we have these two options while we wait. All of us, we will either wait passively or we will wait expectantly. A passive person, and I'm not just, I'm not just talking like lazy. I'm just, this is just like an, an idea here, an option. A passive person hopes something good will happen and is willing to kind of sit around waiting to see if it does. And after a short time, he or she might just kind of give up and say something like, that's it, I've waited and waited, and I don't really think anything's going to happen. God's really not going to do anything, so whatever. Okay, that's kind of like passive. The expected person, on the other hand, is hopeful. They're believing the answer is just right around the corner. Any minute now, I'm going to have my answer. Their belief is really not a passive thing, and their heart is full of this hope, right? Full of hope, full of expecting that their problem is going to be solved. And that person kind of, you, you can almost be like this, where you wake up every single morning, and you're kind of expecting to find your answer. And so do you know that 
what I learned in this is that, do you know that you can be expectant in your attitude on purpose? Does that make sense to you? So you can, you can be expectant in your attitude on purpose, meaning that you can either accept things or you can be expectant for the promises that God claims over your life for what is best for you for this time and season. That's kind of what Advent is all about, the expectation of what it was to come. And so now that once we've asked God to answer those, our questions or solve our problem or whatever we're waiting for, we need to be eagerly, er, eagerly that's a word, awaiting his answer. And we, how we do that is we do that by serving actively and expectantly and then waiting just for that preparation for the right time of that answer that he has. Because you see, if God answered us right away, and maybe you'll, you'll kind of, as you're starting to think about this in your life, but if God answered us right away, many of us would be probably ill-prepared to handle the situation. Wouldn't you agree? Right? Because sometimes you needed to be prepared for what was to come. The same thing is Advent. And so sometimes we find ourselves in certain situations that might be just kind of hard to imagine. I, you know what, Lord? I cannot even wait one more second. But, but what, that is faith. And so what we need to do is we need to keep trusting and waiting on him. And it's just a sweet and simple faith of it all. Kind of in a way that we could never even imagine when God suddenly moves. And we get a picture of this in the book of um, Acts. And it's such a beautiful picture. Here we have in Acts, uh, it's right around Acts 16. And it's where we see Paul and Silas. And Paul and Silas were out expanding the church. That's the whole book of Acts, right? The Holy Spirit came upon them, and then they all got baptized, and they were out, and they went out, all the people going and expanding the church of God. And so there they were. They're out doing that. And they walked through this town, and they met this dealer in purple cloth. Her name was Lydia. And she was... Um, she, she saw them, she heard the good news, and she wanted them to stay with them at her house. And so she's like, no, come and stay with me, come and stay with me. And they're like, okay, great, okay, we'll come and stay with you, Lydia. And, and she was just amazing lady, and she began to disciple to other people and witness to other people. And then as they went out of Lydia's house that morning, they're walking around, and this girl comes up to them. And she's a young girl. It says a young girl in the word of God. And she begins saying over Paul and Silas, these men are men of God. They are come to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And they're like, yeah, okay, thank you. Thanks so much. And then, and then so they keep on. And they were on and on. And this girl followed them and kept following them everywhere they go. And she, they kept, she kept saying what was true. But it got on Paul's nerves so bad because what we didn't, what we hear in the story is this girl was a fortune teller. And so she had an evil spirit within her. And so Paul got so annoyed about this and she was surprised. Paul finally said, come out of her. He told the enemy to get behind him and come out of her. And instantly the girl was healed. And so from that, the owners of the girl were just livid, right? Because we think now that, you know, you hear about um, people and young women in the Philippines and all over held in captivities by their owners. Nothing's new. They're, she was a slave to her owner. 
And so he was so irate that he went to, into town and he told the, the officials, throw these two men in jail. They are taken away from our prophets. So they didn't care about the girl, right? They just cared because they were losing some money. And so Paul and Silas, so they made a case and they threw them in the middle of the dungeon of the prison cell, not just into a cell. They threw them in the center of the dungeon and there they waited. Here's the point. And there Paul and Silas, they waited and they waited. And what do you think they did while they waited? They worshiped. They worship. They sing to the Lord. They, here's another thing that I found interesting when I was studying this. Jeez, I am going to run into this chair. I need to put it over here. Okay. <laughs> I can't sit still. So um, they put their legs in these shackles. They were actually these things like this as like a wooden piece. And so not only were they in the inner dungeon, they also shackled their ankles into these things to the wall. Now, if I was in a place of waiting, shackled to the wall in the inner dungeon, pitch black, would I be worshiping the Lord? So they began worshiping and they began preaching. And then the jailers, the word of God says, the jailers began to say, to, to hear. And their eyes and ears began to be open. And they asked, they were like, geez, we want this. Whatever you guys have, we want this. And then they waited and waited for God to release them from captivity. And what do you think happened in time? Was God with them in that waiting? Yes, he was. And in time, he sent an earthquake. And he sent this large earthquake. And it shook the whole ground and shook everything. And they were broke free. And so the jailers were like, oh, my gosh, we're going to lose our jobs. We're going to be beaten. And it was going to be horrible because the prisoners have escaped. And Paul and Silas just sitting there. We're fine. We're not going to get you in trouble. And he went home that day. And they couldn't believe it. And he went home with the jailers that day in the entire it, because of their waiting, the jailers and all their families became baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Lamentation says this, 3, 25 through 26. What we can learn in the waiting, as our scriptures today tells us, is the Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And so that was kind of an intro to waiting, and we got to hear a little bit about it in Paul and Cyrus. But now, as I talked, what, what are we going to hear in week one? In week one, we're going to hear how God works in us as we wait. And so the first thing that we're going to learn is patience. Woo! How many of you are excited about that? <laughs> Who likes that word? Nah. Okay. I try not to pray for it because you know what God does when you do? He will allow things in your life so that you can learn patience. I have gotten better with patience over my years. And, and you know how I've gotten it? It's because of those trials, right? Because of those trials and that waiting. And then still God is still refining us. So that is what we learn one thing. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, it says, It is developed only under trial. So we must run, not run from difficult situations. 
And then James says this in 1, 4. He says, but let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking nothing. So God is working in us in that waiting and patience. Because if God did everything that we asked for immediately, we would never grow and develop. That's the truth. It really is. So another thing that we can learn, here's our second thing that we can learn, is that we could accept God's timing in our lives. And so God gives us these hopes and dreams for certain things to happen in our lives. But he doesn't always allow us to see the exact timing of his plan. Correct? Although frustrating... Right? Not knowing the exact timing is often what kind of keeps us in the program. There are times when we might give up if we knew how long it was going to take, but when God, but when we learn to accept God's timing in our lives, we can learn to live in hope and enjoy our lives while God is working on our problems. Exodus, we hear another story, and I, gosh, I could talk about this all morning, but Exodus 13 17 through 18 tells us that God led the Israelites the longer, harder way on their journey to the promised land because he knew that they were not yet ready to go in. And so they had to be, they had to have time for their training. They had to go through some of their very trying situations. They had wasted too much time wandering and just wondering and not, well, they did have a lot of time wandering, but they spent a lot of time wondering about God's timing. But God failed to take care, never failed to take care of them and show them what he wanted them to do. And the same really is true in our lives. That no matter the timing, no matter the waiting, maybe he's keeping you outside of that promised land, right? In order to do something in you as he brings you through that promised land. And so, third thing, waiting transforms our character. Waiting has a way of rubbing off the rough edges of our lives. And I'm not, I've watched this in my own life, right? And maybe you've watched that in your life or in the lives of your loved ones or people. As you know, as you're waiting, it begins to kind of refine you, begins to refine your character. Waiting also builds intimacy and dependency upon God. And the reason um, that we read about all these great men and women as we're reading here this morning of the Bible is I believe that they all had one thing in common. They were all people who learned that their success in life was directly related to their intimacy and their dependency upon God. That they had to wait during difficult times and that waiting developed their relationship with him. Abraham waited 25 years with his wife, Sarah, to have a baby. Joseph, 13 years of betrayal, false imprisonment, and abandonment before he became the major leader over Egypt. Moses spent 40 years tending sheep before God called him as a deliverer of all the people during that time. And finally, and in Jesus' own ministry, he often said to his disciple, he would say this to his disciples, my hour has not yet come. And so... I, I This whole time I was preparing for this, I asked the Lord, Lord, give me a story. I want to tell a story of waiting. And I was thinking of all these different things. And then, as you, some of you know, my daughter is in Guatemala, and I was talking to her 
over text this week around Thanksgiving. And she said, what are you doing Sunday? And I said, well, I'm preaching. And she's like, oh, that's nice. And uh, she said, I go, I need a story. I can't, I can't come up with a story on waiting. And she goes, I'm going to send you one. And I said, your email, I got it just last night. It's hard to get stuff from there. So um, here's a story from Guatemala. I'm waiting. One of the missionaries in Guatemala, he has a full-time staff with Students International, and his name is Mimi. Him and his wife have been married for 43 years. Five years ago, his wife started to forget things, and it got to the point where his wife could not remember her, ch- her children or her husband Mimi anymore. Mimi, the husband, took her to every doctor, and every doctor said to him that she was slowly going brain dead, and there was nothing they could do for her. So Mimi asked God, why? Why, God? Just why? I'm so sorry for the wrong that I have done. And this is kind of a cultural thing. I'm so sorry for the wrong that I have done, but please do not take away my wife. So Mimi began to get depressed because his wife was failing, just was failing, and she, she says here, falling through his fingers, and there was nothing he could do about it. He believed in God, but he could not believe why he has taken away what he mentioned was his right hand, a.k.a. his wife. Then one day he heard of a guy that lived in Guatemala City that heals people. And Mimi thought, yes, this has to be it. I'm going to take my wife there, and that's going to save her. And so the very next day he got in his car And he starts to drive. And while driving, his wife needs to go to the bathroom. And so they stop. And when stopping, Mimi went out of the car. And a man came up to him and asked him if there was anything wrong. And this is very cultural. It's very common, very relational in Guatemala. And so he began to tell him his whole story about his wife. And then the man asked, can I pray for her, for Mimi? And, And he said, of course. And after praying, the man asked, well, where are you headed now? And Mimi said to the man, I'm going to find this man that heals in Guatemala City by just a touch. And then the man that prayed for Mimi said, oh, I, I know I, where you're going. I think those are witches. And at that very time, Mimi was, was very confused because he thought that that man was a Christian. And he was like, what, are, what is this guy talking about? I don't even know what he's going. What do you mean? Which, I'm not going to go see him. Which, no, I'm a Christian. And then the man mentioned, mentioned, well, you're going to a man that you think is like a God on this earth, like he is human flesh. And, and so then Mimi, all of a sudden, it, he realized, right? that he had been doing what he was comparing our great and powerful God to a man made of human flesh full of sin. And so Mimi instantly fell on his knees and started praying, Lord, please forgive me. I do not give you enough worth. Please, God. God, please, please, please forgive me. You're the only person willing to make miracles happen. Help me, Lord, to wait on you. And once Mimi had finished praying, he got in his car and he tried to explain what had happened to his wife. And, she, and he continued driving home and continued praying to God all the way back. The day after Mimi went back to work, he got a call from his daughters. And his daughter said, Papa, Papa, Mom is talking. And Mimi said, Give the phone to your mom. And Mimi asked his wife, Who is talking? And she said, 
My husband, of course. After five years of not remembering her family, she woke up in the morning with full memory as if nothing happened, having trust and believing and waiting for God to work. The miracles paid off. That was a true story. I've always believed that God is just as interested in our journey as he is interested in our destination. We may not always understand why we have to wait, but the good news is that God never asks us to wait without him. Emmanuel, as we sang here this morning, God is with us. So as we enter this season of Advent, let us wait expectantly, knowing that the Lord is growing us in the process. I am growing. I, I, this is kind of funny, but maybe not to you. But at times I feel stretched. I feel stretched because God is growing me so much in the waiting. I feel like that girl from The Incredibles, Alaska woman, you know? I'm like going to put on a red suit next time I'm up here. However, the good news, again, is here. Jesus Christ is here. He is born among us. And Advent season builds upon that hope that God is going to come through in the waiting. God is faithful. God is just. God cares for us. And Christmas tells us that his plans will prevail. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. This day that you have made, Lord, as we rejoice and be glad in it and thankful for your reign and for family and life. Lord, no matter what we are waiting on, Father God, let us wait expectantly. Let us wait, not passively, but knowing, Lord, that you are doing something within us, refining us, building our character, Lord. Give us the patience to wait upon you in this time of Advent as we worship the newborn King. In Jesus' name, amen.